Healthcare is a complex, highly regulated industry offering a product most people only think of when they become sick, with incumbent players who have a lot to lose. There is now an imperative that makes innovation for health systems less of a buzzword and more of a lifeline for the future. That's Michelle Conger from OSF Healthcare, an integrated health network in Illinois and Michigan. The concept of innovation for OSF Healthcare has evolved from an idea to a physical space to eventually becoming a core organizational goal. The Oliver Wyman Health Podcast is brought to you by the global management consulting firm, Oliver Wyman. For more on today's show, check out our show notes, visit our online healthcare publication called Oliver Wyman Health at health.oliverwyman.com, follow our industry insights on Twitter at OW Health Editor, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Thanks, and enjoy today's show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Glick, partner here in the Health and Life Sciences Practice at Oliver Wyman. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by OSF Healthcare's Chief Strategy Officer, Michelle Conger. OSF Healthcare, based in Peoria, Illinois, delivers care to nearly 3 million people. Uh, Michelle, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Sam. Happy to be here. So um, before we jump in, people may be wondering uh, why we're talking to OSF and, and what, um, what's going on there in Peoria that, that is worth having a podcast conversation about. Tell us a little bit about OSF and some of the innovative investments you're making. I'm not sure everybody knows the story. Sure. Happy to tell you. Um, you know, OSF has always been a fairly innovative healthcare system. Um, we actually introduced innovation, though, to our overall strategy maybe about seven years ago. Um, I think it started more as an exploration. Um, we knew that it was going to be relevant in terms of the future, really wanted to understand what, you know, what kind of investment do we need to make. But along that um, journey, um, we had an individual whose daughter was treated at our um, children's hospital, had a really good outcome, um, has a real interest in um, innovation, particularly around um, data and simulation. He partnered with us, um, made a fairly um, substantial donation, um, about $25 million, which we matched, and built an innovation center here in Peoria. Um, through that, um, we've, we've focused the first two floors on really, you know, innovation through simulation and training, and the next two floors really focusing on um, our other areas, which would be, you know, looking at social determinants of health, looking at access in, in, in rural health care, looking at the implications of having um, data and data science and, and the use of that in terms of improving health care. So that's a little bit about um, how we've started, but I'd say in the last two years, we moved from innovation being an idea to it being a physical space, and now it's actually a core goal of the health system. It, it has moved into, you know, we th I'm responsible for the strategy, and we have three um, strategic goals. You know, one of them is really around growth, whether that's through partnerships or, or other avenues. Another one is through um, you know, operational excellence. And then the last one is really um, through innovation, recognizing that we think it's going to be an imperative for health systems with the kind of transformation that's happening in healthcare. Got it. And I, it's, you know, it's great to hear you describe some of the history. I've been through your innovation center there, as you know. And what impressed me about it, and I think was different than some other places I visited, is how it's not just a kind of 
think tank, if you will, or a lot of outside ideas. You know, there's a the the simulation piece of it. Um, there are real, you know, real facilities that look like the kind of places um, your clinicians and staff practice medicine. And um, the, there seems to be a flow between sort of the most out there innovative ideas and real training and really changing the care model and really changing how you deliver care. And I'm just curious, how did you, how did you make that happen? And what is, what does innovation really mean inside of OSF as part of the strategy? Well, we, um, we knew when we started to, to work on this, we wanted to um, build from our own strengths. And so rather than, you know, there's two theories, right? There's one that innovation is sort of off to the side and uh, more, um, away from operations, and then there's innovation that is closer to the healthcare system. And we opted for, we wanted to keep it closer. And what we did is we tried to bring in what we thought were the core disciplines that were needed in order to lead that kind of vision for transformation. And so in that space, I mean, we've, as you mentioned, we housed sort of the um, capabilities around um, simulation and education because we recognized you know, that none of this is going to stick unless we're able to translate it into the real environment. We brought in our uh, performance improvement team, which really were the core to moving an innovative solution into the operations of the organization. I mean, that's what they've done for years, but really that translation factor. And then we added new capabilities. So we brought in our advanced analytics team. We house about I think we have about 70 of our, our analytics team, you know, in that in that space because we, we thought none of this is going to happen without um, data and, and data science. We also um, put in engineers and designers, new capabilities to the health system um, have always been around the periphery, but not really integrated into solving some of these complex problems. So that's the ecosystem we've tried to create, and we've focused on both you know, bringing innovation to the health system, and that may be done through partnerships. I mean, we have partnerships with other um, incubators or accelerators. I mean, we have a, a partnership in um, in Chicago with Matter. You know, um, that, that's an example of, of one of our partnerships. We have a partnership with Mass Challenge. Um, we have a, a partnership with another organization out in California, Plug and Play, um, trying to really you know, keep an eye on digital solutions that will focus, you know, that will help us um, address those issues that we're targeting. And then we also have the kind of capabilities to incubate our own internal ideas. So that's innovation internally. So a lot of that work has been done around advanced imaging and modeling. You know, if you toured this facility, you probably saw some of some of that. And that's really the application of training in a um, in, v, in VR, um, recognizing we think that's probably the future of where that's going. So with all of those kind of capabilities, I would say one of the things we knew we had to get right was focus because you could easily get lost in all the, the cool factor. So we took our board through an exercise of, you know, let's prioritize, you know, where are we going to focus these, um, these assets that we have? And that's how we came up with um, the ecosystem that we have. Got it. That's terrific. And you, you mentioned VR, uh, and I think a lot of us picture technology when we picture innovation. What role does technology play and what kind of technological innovations have you brought back to the system? Yeah, it's, it's a huge um, part of it. Particularly, we have a, a small group of people that are our um, 
partnerships team, and they're the individuals who spend a lot of time traveling to, um, you know, Boston, Silicon Valley, Chicago. Um, and what they do is um, we want to be um, an innovation-friendly organization. So for the, some of these digital startup companies, you really have to have the infrastructure internally to be able to partner with them. You know, the natural health system tends to reject anything new. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to to make ourselves innovation friendly. And so with that, we, you know, we're selective. I mean, we're only going to really partner with those companies that are solving real problems for the areas of focus we have. But an example would be um, there's a company we're partnering with called eFarmix, which um, really helps. It's a, it's a digital solution that allows us to eliminate some of the um, work with calling people back and constantly monitoring um, the, the use of their um, medications. This does it answers a series of questions through text messages. And we are expanding that through our through our home care division. We have a, another um, pilot that we did, which was really around. Um, it's called Silver Cloud. It's a company that's focused on access to behavioral health. That's another solution that um, we brought to the health system, and we have been scaling with, uh, I think, great success. A lot of our markets are. Um, really have difficulty accessing mental health services. And, you know, this application, we directly connected it with our behavioral health navigators. So an individual can go online, you know, complete um, some type of uh, assessment um, that's monitored behind the scenes by our navigators. Should they get into a situation where they need you know, more than online help, they're able to reach out to them. If not, then there's a series of prescriptive models that they can go through online. So those are real life uh, digital solutions that we have in the health system. So the technology interface, I think, is, you know, extremely important when you're trying to to look at um, innovation for health systems. And it's not easy. I mean, because that's the, then you get into the connectivity with these core information architectures that's built across most most health systems. And that's, um, that's a, a complicated factor. So it's, you know, you, you, you raise a point I hear a lot about, which is um, often I'll be talking to innovators, particularly health technology innovators, and they're frustrated that they can't get in with a major health system. It's hard to figure out who to talk to and how to work with them. And then on the, the other side of it, um, you know, I'll be talking to health systems who say, whenever some, some partnership is announced with somebody else, why didn't they come to us? Why aren't we the ones doing that? We could do that for them. Um, and it feels like there is this kind of disconnect on both sides as you've built OSF to be a better partner and to be better able to bring in those kinds of innovations, any any lessons you might share with your colleagues elsewhere? Sure. Well, you know, honestly, the first part is I think you have to have dedicated resources and focus. I mean, if you if you're really serious about this, um, you can't go through your traditional. Um, operating model and work very well with a startup company. Um, you can't treat them, you can't put them through your traditional contracting process, your traditional IT selection. It's not putting them through the IT vendor selection, yeah. Correct, <laughs> correct, because it is not going to work. You know, I think there's a lot of noise that healthcare systems get inundated with, too. I mean, you know, you, all of us could get 50 emails a day about, you know, I've got this new solution that's going to save the world. So I think having the kind of team that is dedicated to canvassing you know, what's really out there helping to do that front end um, coaching and, and mentoring with some of these companies through through these channels is is really important. I mean, we we also have a venture 
group that, you know, um, is connected to some of this as well. So when we find a company that makes a lot of sense for us, um, we have, we have the, those, those capabilities as well. And then honestly, you have to measure this. I mean, you have to really construct a pilot that makes sense. You can't pilot forever. You can't pilot everything. And then you have to measure success and understand sometimes it's, um, you know, failure is okay. I mean, we've had some, pilots that we've run that have been really good solutions, but we applied them to the wrong problem. So we went back and we actually used them in a different way inside the health system and, and um, you know, found success. Um, I think also you have to be very comfortable giving startup companies real feedback because they, I think that's one of the principal things they might be missing, you know, is really understanding the problem and giving the, the company real honest feedback so that they understand, you know, future state in terms of how to develop the product. Now it's a good, it's a, it's a good point. And I think an important set of lessons for a lot of health systems out there. Uh, one of the other things that I think, as I understand it, you've been very mindful of is just how you think about measuring success, you know, of individual pilots, but also of the innovation function overall. And that, that can be really hard, uh, given that innovation is a long-term activity. Um, how how do you measure success of either individual projects within innovation or or innovation more broadly, and, and kind of keep keep the support behind it, even even when you might be having a worse year? Sure, you know it's a it's a a huge um, imperative to make sure that your board and it's really driven from your um, system CEO so that they really see the value in innovation. Because if you apply the same metrics to innovation that you are applying to your operation, um, you will never get anything off the ground. I mean, it doesn't have the same cycle time. You're essentially trying to measure the unknown at some point. So um, we approached it, one, you know, just general education about innovation, startup companies, you know, focus, what are we trying to focus on? Really starting to introduce, I think, the organization to there's a lot of thinking out there now. You might hear it in terms of, you know, sort of dual transformation or, um, you know, managing two different types of systems. One is, you know, you still have to put the effort and energy into your core. Um, you, you know, that's an expectation. You have to reduce cost. You have to you have to be reliable. You know, all you have to be patient centric, all of those things. But at the same time, you kind of have this group over here that, you know, can look a little sloppy when you're trying to figure out, you know, what's the direction forward. So um, we did education. We also made sure that we are transparent. I mean, we're, we're transparent with our investment. I mean, some of our innovative efforts are directed to the core. So they're still making core healthcare processes or systems better. You know, we're not, everything we're doing isn't, you know, a moonshot or uh, this massive um, transformative effort. And so we we track the dollars that we're spending. Um, we track the results that we've gotten from both core and sort of breakthrough projects. We're transparent with what we think are timelines. We talk about this one didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. You know, that we start to get more comfortable with, you know, we're going to course correct or we're not going to do it. I mean, this didn't work. So I think all of those, if you honestly are new competencies for for healthcare, not something that I think um, traditional healthcare is very comfortable with. 
Yeah, that's and it's an important point. I think we all have to change as as healthcare executives to to be a little more agile. And it, it, it's an interesting dichotomy. We have to be more agile and more nimble and move faster, and at the same time, take a longer view right. um, of what these investments can do. You know, it's right. it's a little tricky. Right, and you know, making sure people see those because you know, as small Silver Cloud, for instance, it's a very small. Um, tool set that we would have never necessarily had connectivity to if we didn't have an innovation arm. And we certainly would have never gotten it up and running at the speed we did. And it's having a huge impact on our communities. That's a that's a pretty quick win. As compared to we're building a new model for, you know, managing Medicaid lives that's going to look at, you know, mining data and adequately identifying them. That is a long view. Right. So, you know, having a combination of both of those is really important. So, Michelle, one of the things I know that uh, innovation efforts like you are new insights into um, challenges that we might not have understood as well, or behaviors that pac- that patients have that we might not have thought of. Any any insights that you've seen, and as you've taken more innovative approaches to looking at your data? Well, you know, um, we spent probably the first eight months when we started working on. Um, access and social determinants to look at our own data. And, you know, everyone, I think, came into that exercise having their own opinion on, you know, where we wanted to go with that. And, you know, one of the things the system had focused on a lot was around um, food insecurity. And we'd done it in a fairly um, market-by-market or community-by-community approach, which, which makes good sense. But, when we really started looking at the data, we started, you know, trying to understand, well, what is going to give us the biggest impact? And honestly, what we found was that a lot of times the individuals that we were applying um, interventions to were not the people who needed it most. We were, we were completely missing through our own processes the ability to screen appropriately. You know, healthcare doesn't necessarily have all of the information. We have such a small sliver of it that it really changed our approach. Yeah. So, Michelle, we'll, we'll wrap here and I'll ask you the question that I ask everybody. If you had all the time, space, money in the world, um, all the influence you wanted, what's the, what's the one thing you'd do to fix healthcare? Yeah, that is a hard question. <laughs> you know, I gave this a lot of thought and I think... In my mind, one of the um, things that would make a huge difference in terms of moving upstream and and actually getting at affordability and access and cost is the use of data to appropriately identify and connect people to the right um, source of healthcare. You know, right now, a lot of that is done hit and miss, or patients are left to navigate on their own. So some of what we're focusing on is social determinants. But I think if you look at that solely as, um, you know, where you're going to focus without looking at the fact that in the long run, it's going to make, it's going to address the affordability and access question. Um, I think it's a difficult business case to solve. But since you said I have all the money in the world, um, that's where I'm going first. Because I think until we solve the ability to um, deal with individuals who do not have access to healthcare in the appropriate setting, um, we're going to continue to have issues with affordability. Yeah, I get spot on, and and we know that affordability is one of the biggest barriers to access, and and we've got to 
we got to fix those issues. Michelle Conger of OSF, thank you for joining us. Keep up the good work. I'm excited to see what the next round of innovations look like for you. Thanks, Sam. Really appreciate it. The Oliver Wyman Health Podcast is brought to you by the global management consulting firm, Oliver Wyman. If you enjoyed today's episode, check out our other executive conversations on the business of transforming healthcare, featuring guests like Comcast, Aetna, Humana, Castlight, and many more. We invite you to subscribe so you'll be notified whenever a new podcast goes live. For more on today's episode, follow us on Twitter at OW Health Editor and visit our online healthcare publication, Oliver Wyman Health, at health.oliverwyman.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.